Thank you, Pauline, but your plumber is in another podcast. This is nice. episode 38 of Insert Credit. I'm Alex Jaffe, and my favorite classic arcade game is Shinobi. I'm Tim uh, Rogers, and my favorite classic arcade game is Asteroids Deluxe, not the Asteroid Non-Deluxe, the deluxe one. Okay. Uh, I'm Frank Cifaldi, my favorite arcade, classic arcade game, uh, if we're being strict with classic, is Galaga. Oh man, I'm Brandon Sheffield, and my favorite classic arcade game is very hard to choose because I don't like a whole lot of those. So I'll say iRobot. Oh, sure. you're stupid! iRobot's not even that good. <laughs> iRobot is it's, it's cool. fun. It's, it's cool, a pretty cool it's, game. I guess I could it have said Tempest. Cool. And introducing our special guest for this week, uh, Donkey Kong Dad, Mike Micah. What is your favorite classic arcade game? Oh, my favorite classic arcade game, Frank Stole. It's Galaga, and only because uh-huh. I gave up two. Uh, Two uh, finals in college over a high score on that thing. It was worth it. Which <laughs> finals? You know, I don't even remember. It had something to do with political science and some other thing, and I failed miserably in both classes. So but neither class care. had anything to do with space bugs, is what? Not at all. Okay. I would have aced those. Well, that explains your poor grades. Now, <laughs> exactly. Tim, you won yes. the last podcast, which means you have the right to pick our inaugural topic this week. What shall all it right. be? All right, so I was going to say that I played that ridiculous fishing game a whole bunch, and I did a little special surprise podcast yesterday where I interviewed the creators of it, and I'm going to be publishing a review of it really soon. And one of the questions that I did not ask the uh, the developers, but I meant to ask was, what's the best uh, use of fishing in a video game? What's what's the best fishing minigame in a game? My My answer is I think Zelda Link's Awakening is the best fishing. So it's obviously Big the Cat. Big the Cat. Yeah, well, I, for, in in uh in in Sonic Adventure, where the camera could get stuck on the ground, and people realized that Sonic was no longer the game that they thought it was. It was now about fishing with a camera no, stuck underwater. I mean, I know this is my answer to everything, but once again, I'm gonna say near. because the fishing in that game is just the most elaborate and evil hazing ritual that I've seen a game commit on a person. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I agree cuz the near fishing I I actually I actually I caught all the fish. I got all the fishing achievements cuz I'm yeah. dumb. Uh but go that, fishing in the sand river? Of course. Right. Of course. How could I get all the fish otherwise? But there was it wasn't that satisfying as a fishing experience and I don't know. I feel like maybe uh, it's been a long time since I played Sega bass fishing and stuff, but I feel like some of those games are a little more, are, are a little better equipped to take the title. And I maybe... agree with Sega bass fishing. Mm-hmm. I played the hell out of that game, and uh, I can't think of any other fishing I've enjoyed more. Although you know, I spent so much time with fishing in Animal Crossing, even though it sucked. But mm-hmm. uh, I probably spent fishing more time in fishing in Animal Crossing than any other fishing game. Yeah. I think, but I think ridiculous fishing might actually kind of take mm-hmm. the crown there for me. Oh, it's definitely the best fishing game ever made. Yeah, but, but I, I mean, aside from that, so maybe it just so shouldn't count. My favorite was in the Secret of Monkey Island too, when you have a, a competition with the fishermen to catch the biggest fish. So uh, instead of actually fishing, you just go steal a fish from a kitchen and and give hmm. it to them. And, oh, uh, this does raise an interesting question, though. Uh, what kind of beer is a Vlam beer? That's is a really that, good like, question. Like, I think like it a means a bear. bear? That's bear. That's no, on I, 
I think it means uh, okay. I th- unfortunately, Tim said the correct answer, but yeah. uh, it, it, I think it's just flame bear. But I was yeah, gonna say bear. that um, it's not a kind of beer; it's one who lambs, who lambs. <laughs> oh, so, flame, oh, flame, so, flame yeah, bear! So if you flamb, you're a flamb beer. Yeah. Like it's a rock bear. Yeah. Flambeer. Mm-hmm. So, so I'd oh. like to additionally posit Luigi's Mansion in that early in its development it was a fishing game and you can tell that from the mechanics. Because you tug you tug at the ghost, right? Yeah. You ghost reel tugging. it in and then you gotta let it go. Yeah. It was originally called Luigi's Ghost Tugging. Yeah, ghost tugging. <laughs> Luigi's ghost tugging. So one thing I noticed about ridiculous fishing is it's more of a uh, racing shooting game without shooting. It, you know, so yeah. it's, a, it's an ob, ob, obstacle avoidance game, not so much as a uh, fishing. But like fishing itself, it has the metaphor of fishing. But fishing itself is interesting because you got to pull on the fish, and this is why mm-hmm. Sega bass fishing is a good answer. You're pulling the fish, but then you got to let it give it some slack. You know, to let it think it's winning, and then you got to surprise the fish. Like, that's just a heck of a mechanic, and it seems like that's why so many people put fishing into games. Like, Zelda has fishing. Is Nier's fishing basically just Zelda's fishing? What is it? I don't, I don't know, know what Zelda's fishing is, but it's it. You you cast a line, and then you have to. Oh wait, no, I'm confusing it with other. Actually, sorry, I'm going to sideline and say that I liked the fishing in Sola to Robo. Sola to Robo. Because in that game, you you fish for ships in this in this ship junkyard, mm-hmm. these wild ships that are going around, and you sort of have to battle with them. In a, I guess it's similar to a lot of other fishing minigames, but you s- sort of shoot your line at it, and then you have to uh, reel it in, but not too close that you lose your stamina. I guess it's it's quite similar, but it was it was pretty fully and well implemented in in that game versus other games like Near, which is pretty much just it's not as interactive as other fishing experiences, wouldn't you say, Jaffy? I mean, what sure, but what is it near? You just the, drop the hook and then you press a button. Pretty much. Yeah. You press the button enough times at the right time? Oh, no. Uh, you don't press the button enough times. It's about tugging the joystick at one point. I like what, tugging. Yeah. Ghost, I think I think Zelda tugging. Link's Awakening has really good fishing because it presents it as a side view mini game where you're mm-hmm. navigating the hook and you're trying to get the thing. They yeah, don't do enough like with it. It takes like five minutes to master it and then like it doesn't vary at That's all. what I'm saying. They don't yeah. do enough with it they, and they could have and it would have been awesome. Yeah. They could do a whole Zelda game about fishing. The, well, these flame bears basically already made it, so... All right. Nah, yeah, it's, it's a little different in, in Link's Awakening. There's there's some tugging. There's, like, some tug and pull mm-hmm. sort of thing going on where you're pulling and tugging. Well, you guys are and, all too young to remember Fishing Derby from Activision, aren't you? That was no, I, 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 it, but I, I know yeah. of it. Yeah. I mean, that was almost just like Vlambeer's game. You put the line down, bring a fish up, avoid sharks. It was a little inversion of the, the uh, goals, but that one was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Same yeah, presentation. Fishing yeah. Derby. Fishing Derby. I'll check, check, I'll check it out. that out. Yeah, maybe the look uh, Is Activision going to sue? Oh, Codex all over it. Trust me. Yeah. Oh, Good man. old Robert. Bobby. All right. So this is the Insert Credit Podcast in which yeah. I throw a bunch of crazy questions at you that you've never heard before. Woo. You attempt to answer them in six minutes as a group, 
And if we go over, I play a sound effect, we move on. At the end, we wrap it up with a lightning round. Whoever does the best at that gets to pick the inaugural question for next week, and we start all over again. That's Let's me. begin with question two. Q2. Last week, we talked about which video game characters would make the best role models. Now let's narrow it down. Which female video game characters make the best role models? And mm. Oh, that's a tough one because yeah. there are a whole <laughs> not bunch a of... Yeah. Not, not a whole bunch of those that are real in the positive direction. Okay, I think, I think that oh. if, if my game uh, had come out that I'm... Oh, wait, I'm not allowed to talk about it. Well, I'll be very vague. Um, if my game had come out, that would have been a pretty good female role model character. The end. I can't talk right. about that. <laughs> I want to say that, uh, that Lara Croft in Lara Croft in the original two Tomb Raider games uh, is because yeah. you know, she's got huge triangular breasts, but they obviously just kind of put those in there. Uh, but she is not presented as. I mean, basically, they made the game with a man as the main character, and then they're just like. Let's just make it a girl because that way there will be boobs on the box, right? <laughs> so right. the character is not written in any kind of degrading or insulting way. She's, right. a, she's a smart person, and uh, in all of her dialogue, she speaks intelligently. She's tough, but she's not tough because she's a girl. Uh, she doesn't do anything girlishly. She's just uh, shoots stuff and jumps and can climb around and uh, explore and solve puzzles. And... Uh, I don't know if that's a role model, but yeah. she uh, she's presented as being wealthy by her own uh, by her own power of exploring yeah. and finding things. That's what so I'm that's... having a hard time with is the role model part. Like I can think of yeah. plenty of characters that are like you know normal people and who aren't sex objects. Um, I kind like, of I kind like, of like uh, uh, Poison from Final Fight because yeah. she started out as a male but then was not in her correct gender and changed it and now is a self-affirmed, attractive lady. I kind of like that. I don't know if that's a total sure. role model situation, but uh, I, I like it. I wouldn't call that a role model myself. I well, mean, like, what are, you, what are you aspiring to be, someone who walks around on the street and like hits tough guys when they supposed walk Supposed to aspire to, to... Well, that's not all she does. She also uh, fights in martial arts tournaments. Oh, that's and, true. Uh, she also manages how much Hugo. Of this is, how much of this is like in the game and presented as like mechanically well, it's, it's, part of the game. No, it's a it's well it's across her her uh her whole world there. I mean Lara is is a person who explores and and shoots dinosaurs, but you know, um in her backstory in 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 Poison's backstory and current story because she was also in that Street Fighter Cross Tekken and also in Street Fighter 3 as the manager of Hugo or whatever his name was, yeah, and so I don't know. I, I guess I guess though, when you come down to it, her main action is just punching. But so, that's, that's you could say that of a, most video game characters, I reckon. I'm having a hard time remembering the uh, real character of uh, Jade and Beyond Good and Evil. But yeah, that's I what I was thinking. Remember, I seem to remember her having some respectable ethics or something. She, she, was a, she was a photojournalist. That's kind of cool. Yep. Uh, she could throw discs that yes. could make people explode <laughs> if you hit them in the back. Right. Hey, uh, Brandon, That's who's a better cool. photojournalist, Frank West or Jade from Beyond Good and Evil? Definitely Jade from Beyond Good and Evil because she's taking photos all throughout the experience. Ah. 
Frank West right. is kind of an idiot. He has like, covered wars, though. Yeah, like, I don't believe he's covered wars. I think he made that up. <laughs> I, think he just, I think he just forgot the H. He's covered whores, but not wars. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's actually, that would be an H, an O, and an E. <laughs> So yeah, I, I just meant the H in his, pr- in, oh. his, in his pronunciation, because that's know all who, that changes. You know who's a great female video game role model? Sports. Who? Role from Mega Man? Yeah, Old times. Yeah. She's a role model. Yeah. Like, I liked the characters in, in both of the uh, Longest Journey games. But oh, I yeah. I don't know if they're role Those models. Those journeys were too long for me, though. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like I can't, I can't think of anything about them that's like something to aspire to, other than a sense of adventure and exploration. I don't know. Chun Li is a cop. They were resourceful. They used their minds to uh, solve whatever situation they were in. I don't really want to be any video game characters. God darn it! I can't think of a single game character that I want to be, except. You know, like James Bond in James yeah, well, Bond. You're games. an adult. That We're count. talking about role models for child for chillins. Uh, I didn't chillins? know it was for children. Yeah, for chillins. Well, that's who a role model is, right? Yeah. I mean, when you think about I it, guess. you get too old to have a role model. Yeah. When you get old enough, be your own role. dang role model. If, I'm if not my Misty, own role model. if Misty from uh, from Pokemon were cooler, it could be her, but she's not. Oh, what about wow. Princess? What about Toadstool? She's pretty cool. She what gets captured all the time. How is that a role model? Why would you want to be Princess Toadstool? Well, I think Princess Toadstool stands out because she's one of the few characters that a girl can play. Like that's why my daughter got into it. Um, right. If she had a better choice of somebody to be a better role model, she'd probably pick somebody better. But right. that's kind of like the only choice she had. But and she gets, tennis, right? I, she is the best that? playable character in Super Mario Brothers too. True. True. No, Toad is the best playable character in Super Mario Brothers 2. How many of you guys, how many of you guys can beat every level in Super Mario Brothers 2, one right after another, without losing any lives, like right now, if I put it on right now? How Certainly many of you can me. beat the whole game in an hour? No, not could. right now. Not right now. I could. Yeah, I spent an you, entire summer playing that no, game. I, did, no I always played Ted. You want to have you want to have a speed run contest, Jaffe? You can be Princess uh, Toadstool. I'll be Toad, and I'll win. Yeah, probably, you'll probably, probably about win. 45 minutes. But I uh, if we're going for a hundred percent, then uh, I think I hundred hundred percent would be Toad. I've I've hundred percented it as Toad before. I'm sorry. I think <laughs> I think Peach would be uh, better reaching the hard to reach areas in a uh, short nope. amount of time. You don't need them. You don't need them. Hundred percent Toad. Period. I can do it as Toad right now. Okay, I fine. Can, I can blindfold it. Is what they call that. Maybe Toad is the best female video game role model. Toad is androgynous. Yeah. By the way, I met I met Toad when I said Princess Toadstool because I'm a jerk. No. <laughs> Princess Toad. We more like stool sesh Prince Toad. Nailed yeah, it. yeah, it's kind of more like that, I guess. Yeah, there you go. That's that's what I meant. That's what you so meant as well. Is there any consensus here at all? I, I kind of give you uh, Lara Croft. I think Lara Croft is. Uh, she's she's rich. She's strong. Was that she's, was uh, that our sound? Yeah, that Did was our, that was our sound. Why? Why aren't you using the ziggurat sound? I sent it to you, and then you asked me to send it to you, and I sent it to you again. Uh, because I want to mix it up a little. Mix, mix oh, it the ziggurat up. sound is cooler. But let's continue. Okay. Other than Donkey Kong, which video games feature the best single-screen level design? Ooh, I, Robotron. Yeah. Robotron's <laughs> but, pretty but cool. But Robotron's not really level design 
I mean, I guess they place where the enemies are. Yeah, so I guess that's that, I guess level still design. Is. Yeah. yeah. The beauty about Robotron is like you can get to level 50 very quickly if you're good, but if you're a new new player, you, you get to level 3 in the same amount of time. You can speed through that game. The design kind of grows with you. It's awesome. And it's single screen, great. Yeah, I guess that's true. I really like I really like Bubble Bobble. Um, Bubble Bobble yeah. is pretty good. It's that got is a bunch good. of it and I like how it it used its playfield design playfully because mm-hmm. you've got all these shapes and stuff that you're jumping through and words that it spells out and things and it also had interesting kinds of warps and you could also fall through the screen come back out at the top that was cool stuff I like Pac-Man I like, I like Miss Pac-Man Miss Pac-Man. Yeah. Pac-Man, Pac-Man is pretty good Miss Pac-Man is hot yeah, yeah that game's pretty good it's a good female role model as well. And <laughs> you meet a boy, you have babies. <laughs> yeah. no, Pac-Man is uh, she's faster than Pac-Man, and uh, the game is better. That's how's that not a? That's pretty good, I think. Did she design her mazes? Probably. What kind of sicko does that? Designs a death trap for themselves and then runs through. <laughs> I would well, say death that. Trap uh, for Go ahead, Tim. Uh, I, I would say that it's just a better game, and it doesn't really have to necessarily mean that she made it. But, uh, yeah, it's better. Yeah. I don't think she made a death trap for herself, because like, if you're good at the game, it's a death trap for the ghosts. That's true. right. That's true. So she I like made a, a better death trap for the ghosts. So Sorry, go on, Brandon. I like Off-Road. <laughs> you like what? Off-Road. Off-Road's pretty cool. That's good. Got good si- mm. single-screen level design. Fun tracks on there. It is just one screen, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, super game. super off road. Ivan Stewart, super off road. Yeah. yeah, they actually had oh. great design. I was confusing it with Outrun. I was like, well, technically, yeah, that's, that's, that's a 3D. <laughs> it's one no, screen coming at you really fast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Outrun, yeah, Outrun's a good one. Uh-huh. I like the level design in Ziggurat. I like that one because it's I was, on angle. I was honestly thinking that, but I didn't want to like feed your ego. <laughs> it, is, it is a pretty good single screen level. When you when you ask the question, I'm thinking of games that actually have like proper thought out level design. That's why Bubble Bubble works pretty well. But things like Dig Dug and Puyan even had really great single screen. Puyan's a good design. Yeah, I agree. We have a hypothetical uh, alternate Ziggurat where there's like holes in the ground that you can shoot if you like arc the shot up and it falls into the hole and it makes like a column of explosion. Nice. Like. Uh, Probably shouldn't spoil that because I know we're going to make it at some point. But mm-hmm. I, I really like the idea of. I guess the ultimate answer here is is just pinball in general. Right, pinball mm-hmm. is the best yeah. single screen level design. And uh, like, even though it's not really a screen, it's kind of a cop out answer. But I think designing video games so that you have one screen, and that one screen has as many little features as a pinball machine. I think that's a really fun uh, sort of. Almost Challenge. any given pinball machine probably has a hundred times the amount of depth of any other single screen video game. It's insane. Yeah. Oh, you know, I mean, this this uh this might be an amusing response here, but I would also say Tetris. Yeah, uh, Tetris is cool. That's not even funny. That's very serious. That is yeah. a single screen game. I'm treating that like a good thing. Yeah. I wouldn't. Call but really, it the level design level is design. not very ambitious because it's yeah. just a well. That's true. So. Yeah. Yeah. You design the level yourself with the uh, obstacles that fall down. 
It's a sandbox. It's the first yeah. the first true sandbox game, not really. Yeah. The first little big planet was Tetris. I was actually looking up... Uh, I'm writing an article uh, for Kotaku that's my ten favorite puzzle games, and I was looking at... I just typed best puzzle games of all time into Google just to see what other lists exist after I finished writing mine. And uh, it's like... People are like, number one is Portal, and number two is Tetris, and number three is Braid, and number four is... And I'm just like... This isn't even. None of these are actually like. They, they haven't. They, they need to narrow the criteria down. So. Right. A puzzle game is I. So mine is like the best block moving puzzle games or geometric grid. Well, don't puzzle spoil it. Block moving stuff. But yeah, Miss Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man. Yeah, I love moving blocks. I would say Miss Pac-Man. Robot well, Chance. Love good. Resident Evil. Pinball's pretty good. Resident Evil's Pinball's pretty cool. Good. Hey, you do have the ziggurat sound. Are you happy, Dave. Tim? Have I made you happy? You can play whatever you want, but I just love that ziggurat sound. All right. How does one sound. typically enter the world of ROM hacking? ROM hacking? How does one enter the world? Well, Yeah, how do you get into that? Like, you just, how do people like, get started hacking ROMs? Like, I mean, mentally? For, like, how do, how do you become the kind of person who wants to do that? Or well, first, that's one yeah. angle from which to approach the question. <laughs> yes, I intentionally kept it a little vague. Learning well, that it's possible is a good first step. Yeah, yep. yeah you usually I see somebody say. else has hacked it, and you're, you're inspired by that, for sure. And then usually it's driven by, like, if you can break the game in some way in your favor you start to go down that road, right? Like, I was, we were hacking Syndicate on PC just so we could uh, give ourselves every kind of boost we wanted. Hmm. And then there's a game on the uh, Commodore 64 called Impossible Mission that was pretty much impossible to play, so we hacked that to take all the enemies out so we could beat it. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a hypothetical path, which is absolutely you, not what anyone would do. The, hold on, did you call that ROM hack Possible Mission? I did. <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna. Nice. I'm gonna outline a potential path that people could take. They could start by uh, making their own game genie codes because that is well documented and easy to do. Mm-hmm. And so that that is like a very kind of low level of of hacking a game. And then from there, they could move into the world of speedruns, tool assisted speedruns, where they're uh, basically exploring the limits of what the game can do from mm-hmm. the from the outside, and from there they might want to take a peek at the inner workings of how the game functions so that they can exploit that. that a lot of people seem to, through, like, their, their later videos are much more involved with sa- uh, messing with save files and getting into junk data and and things like that and then right. from there yeah, you know from there i mean they'd have a they have hex a editors and stuff they work and yeah. then from there yeah, yeah they would actually get filing buried content and such i, I think right. the, i think the best way to get into it is to do what mike did with donkey kong which is just figure out a a simple graphics hack that you want to do that's how that's what i used to do in like hmm. yeah literally, literally the 90s which is sad now that i think about it um Man. But, you know like I, I I was like, oh, what if I took Super Mario Brothers and I put Mega Man in there instead? And that's you know, I, I just recognized a silly thing I wanted to do and I did it. Um, I mean, I didn't finish that project because it was really hard. And someone else did for you. Well, probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you... 
but I mean that's that's how I got started. I don't, and that's mm-hmm. I think the easiest thing because it's just graphics, and especially if you're just if you're looking at like NES games, graphics are just stored in tiles, and you could pull up a you could get a program called Tile Layer Pro, which I think is what you used, right, Mike? Yeah, it is. That's the tool yeah. I used. Uh, you could, I mean, it's an old ass tool. It's been around forever, but you could you could get Tile Layer Pro, and you could actually see all the tiles in front of you, and you could mm-hmm. edit them in sort of real time and play the game and see how it looks. And that's it's kind of the the gateway drug to programming, really, because once you learn the inner workings of these things, like you you're able to make that logical step into making your own games, mm-hmm. which is it's it's addictive. That's what got me into it all. And um, <clears throat> I mean, it it went down to I was looking at games through a, a hex editor when I was a kid on the Commodore 64. And I learned how to program by writing directly to the disk with the characters I would see, like the little hex codes. I had no idea what the stuff meant. I knew that by hacking it, I could figure things out. And I remember I wrote a game. It was this little frog hopping game. It was like, uh, you know, frogs eating flies style game. And I went to the computer store and I told the guy, I showed him the game. He's like, how'd you make this? And I showed him how I did it. And he literally gave me uh, an assembler and said, kid, use this. It'll save you so much time. And that was like... Because you were doing it the crazy person way. I was doing it the crazy person way. I was just like looking at like code on a disc and trying to figure out how to make a game that way. And it was like nobody on earth should ever program like that. But that was the only way I knew how to do it. I didn't have books or anything like that. So I like I reverse engineered that way. And then once I got this assembler, I'm like, I can make a game a night. It was insane because I had did so hard the hard way for so long that like programming with an assembler was really easy. So um, another way I got started doing this sort of thing, and it's not like this went anywhere, but um, I found uh, a game or an engine that, that was well-documented and had good tools. Um, I think Super Mario World would be a fantastic place to start right now. Yeah, we've so, discussed that in the podcast before. Yeah, there's a whole there's, lot of tools on that. So many tools mm-hmm. that like anyone could hack levels. Um, I used to play around a lot with old Sierra adventure games that ran in the AGI engine, the adventure game interpreter, mm-hmm. like like King's Quest 1 through 3 and, like, Leisure Suit Larry 1. And I did a very extensive hack of Police Quest where I just made everything really bizarre and awful, and you, you became <laughs> Batman at one point for some reason. And oh, then, that's pretty cool. And then and some... instead of graduating to Lieutenant, you graduated to the Bikini Squad. Right. <laughs> I don't know. That, that hack is probably gone forever, and I'm very sad about that. I was going to say one way that I imagine a lot of people get into hacking stuff is, like, playing a game and... Uh... Like, not necessarily being like, I wish I was invincible, which is like Game Genie code, but like, I wish Mega Man could duck, you know, something like that. Like, try to hack Mega Man to make Mega Man able to duck. That's that's the kind of thing that made me always consider getting into hacking stuff. But I never did, because I had all these other things to do that ended up going nowhere, and here I am now. Without any experience hacking ROMs. <laughs> if only we had just stuck to it, Tim, you and me. Yeah, I mean, I never even got started. We would have. I just rich. like, I was just like, I'm gonna keep doing this other thing, that's not as cool. <laughs> the end. All right. <laughs> that I think we can do the next question now. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect timing. You didn't even have to do the sound. I wanted but, to for you. I did it for you. Hot. Let's Mike, keep going. You and Tim both worked on the War of the Worlds video game for Xbox Live Arcade. XBLA. How would you adapt? How would you adapt the other works of HG Wells into video games? <laughs> oh man, I like that oh, guy. That's pretty good. Oh, to get Patrick Stewart to do the narration for all of them is well, obviously, obviously that's, right? that's the zero. right answer. That's answer if, number one for sure. That's it. Yeah. 
and then uh, get get them to publicize the fact that it's got Patrick Stewart in it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, get Patrick Stewart to tweet about it. Have you guys seen his Twitter? It's fantastic. No, it's a uh, Sir Pat Stew, right? Yeah, he's probably a funny guy. It's 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 great. He puts up videos like YouTube videos of himself just like eating breakfast and stuff, and it's like real genuine stuff. I go so far as to watch that one Seth MacFarlane show with him on it because he's on it. Wait, which show is that? American Dad. Oh, Brandon said that that's not terrible. No, it's yeah. the least terrible of his shows. It's oh. a solid five out of ten. It is. I don't watch. I don't watch TV because Comcast hasn't activated <laughs> my cable yet. It's been nine months, but yeah, I don't watch TV. Mm-hmm. The end. That's that's all I have to say about that. Okay, so you would also make sure <laughs> you would also make sure the game doesn't suck, which we, right. we 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 tried really hard, but it didn't work out the last time. But some good. But what are some of his uh, his good books? Are like what's probably the best um, book to, to okay? Do? So like, I there's a lot I'll tell of you one that I would like to do is First Man in the Moon. That would be pretty yeah. fun because mm-hmm. in that one you can start off in your in your sphere and you have a weird obtuse control method for yeah. for for getting to the moon because with that thing a guy had devent- invented an anti gravity metal and exactly and coded it with with something that would counter that and so he could uh, open these shutters, and then gravity would start or repel or whatever, and he could uh, attract himself toward the toward a different body. And uh, that was so you would do that, and then you'd get into the moon, explore on the surface for a long time, and then go into the into the center, and you'd have some interesting discussion trees in there because uh, well, first you would fight a lot of guys. Do you have a cane that you can jump on, like a pogo stick? <laughs> ah yes, and you have to collect some green cheese. Right. Robo, I think first men in the moon would be first, first men in the, the moon, moon would be great. good for like a big kind of epic, like a three D. And game. what's really nice about that too is because he was writing at a time that there was no real scientific understanding of the moon or anything. So like all no. the rules in that book are so yes. foreign now. Like when you read yeah. it, it feels like this weird, just demented mind wrote it. And to do a game like that with those rules is awesome. I yeah. want the game to look like, like a physics that, uh... puzzle based on outdated physics. Exactly. <laughs> right. That, that sounds kind of amazing. Um, I, I want the game to look like that uh, really old movie that was spoofed in that Smashing Pumpkins video. What's that called? Um... Oh, you, so you mean with sp- uh, with sets and yeah, and uh, really all... obvious sets and stuff. Yeah, I want it to look <laughs> like that. That's what that's what Black Knight Sword tried to do, and it kind of worked. That was a game and... that nobody played. Also, I think uh, Time Machine would be a good sort of like mist-like adventure game. And, oh yeah. Um, I like the idea of taking the Invisible Man and and presenting it like it's an accurate uh, representation of the book, but really just having it be a dumb platform game about an invisible guy. Right. A stealth game, which is completely <laughs> pointless because no one can see you anyway. It's just a game where you're like <laughs> pranking people as an invisible person. Uh, like Ghost Trick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, well, my number one is definitely uh, First Men in the Moon. All right. Make a big old time machine after that. Okay. Because and you go to dinosaur time. You go to all these other things. It's pretty yeah. fun. And there was so a... it's like Chrono Trigger. 
Yeah, there was actually a game called Time Crystal that never came out by Jim Sachs that everybody anticipated. It's like one of the most anticipated games to never come out. And there was even an NES Power Glove version of the game in development that got canceled. Ooh. And I wanted that game so bad because it did go through all these different eras in time. Like you're in the H.G. Wells time machine, like from the movie, and you end up like confronting dinosaurs, and then dealing with like uh, I think like early England and like knights and everything. It's just insane. That sounds oh, man. How far how far along did that, that go? That sounds at least as good as Mario's Time Machine. Oh yeah, at least at least. Uh, you how know, far, I don't know how far it it, yeah. it went because it was it only got as far as the dinosaur level for the home computer, but then it was supposed to get much further for NES. But we haven't been able to find any solid information. And Frank, I know you were looking a little bit, I think, into that one. But yeah, a little bit. But like, uh, and I can say that the only thing they ever showed in the NES version was the dinosaur level. So maybe yeah. it didn't get that far, but uh, I mean, do you know the guy? Is he around? So Jim Sachs is the guy who went on to do the like the uh, first aquarium screensaver, and he's like really well known oh, for man. that. And he's made like a living off of that. And yeah, I've that tried, guy. That's right. That's right. I've tried to track him down, but he's never responded to any of my emails. And uh, I'm just wondering if he's just taking us seriously or not. Send him a letter. That works for me. You know, that's that's true. Like some of these guys, if you send a letter, that makes it serious versus. Yep. You know, kind of the internet spam. I think you should do it. And then we'll finally have the true H.G. Wells video game. Sure. Yes. We'll finally have an actual Power Glove game. It would be awesome if the game was actually completed, but then he went back in time from the future to stop it from being produced because it caused some problem. (laughs) That's probably what happened. It It could be. That's why why he can't let us know or respond to any of us. Yeah, his future self knew what a joke the Power Glove would become, and he's like, you need to not be a part of this, man. You can't, you can't get in touch with him because he's caught in a time paradox. That's true. <laughs> he should have went back a little bit further and told the home computer version version of himself to uh, finish at least that one. Yeah. So should we pause here and see if uh, Tim Rogers is uh, coming back? I sent him an invite. Yeah, there oh, he is. Here we go. Hi, Tim. Hang on, let's see if he works. I don't see him yet. Here he comes. Here coming. comes Tim Rogers. Bum, bum, bum. Lol, 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 okay. lol. This is a short break that we're having. Toops, when you finally get around to editing the enormous backlog of uh, podcasts we have. Edit Tim, are you out. alive? Hello, Tim. Hello, Tim. Oh, Tim's internet connection's terrible. Oh, yeah. This oh, is man, awful he's today. having a problem. His neighbors yeah. on his wireless again. Darn neighbors. Gotta hate well, neighbors. I'm having fun. I don't know about yes. you guys. Yeah. It's 45 minutes past porn o'clock to his neighbors. That's right. <laughs> well, I guess I'm going to play some games on my iPad. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, I say we give it a, like another minute here. Yeah, let's give it one more minute and then go on without him. Okay. Yeah. Maybe uh, we'll take a question from one of our viewers and briefly address it. Uh, I don't even have that page open. Yeah, I'm going to open it right now. Buddy. There was another uh, Power Glove game they were showing at the time. It was called Manipulator. Um, that's all I know. It was also called Manipulator Glove Pilot. I don't know if you ever saw that one. Glove is that the one pilot. that looked like it was Wireframe? Pilot one? No, that was no. The wireframe one is the one that came out. That was the like racket okay. game, right? Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, that, but there was oh, I can't find it. Damn it! 
Um, it was. Oh. It, it seemed to be a game where you like pulled levers, and like the idea <laughs> was that you were like pulling levers and pushing buttons, and that was the gameplay. You were manipulating things. Oh so hey, maybe, maybe uh, Tyler Doak suggests for the uh, female role models the boss from Metal Gear Solid Three. Mm. Yeah, that's that's decent. I have no idea who that is. I don't really remember her being. You know, uh, the boss, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> oh yeah. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Tim. Right. Can you hear us, Tim? The boss. Yo, yeah. There we go. Hi, Tim. Are you back and ready are you, for are our back and hear you now? Can you guys? Yes. We yeah. Can my hear. my router. Well, my I just router. heard all three all three of you talk over one another uh, like four times just now. So but that's not you, what happened. Is it so. actually no. working? Can everybody say something separately? Hello. Already. <laughs> Hello. None of your faces are moving. Hi. That's really yeah, this good. is your problem, Tim. I I can, I can hear voices, but I can't hear. Can't. Uh, well, I mean, I I can't identify what the problem is. All of my devices, which use internet, uh-huh. are shut off, and uh, I have closed all tabs on my browser except this one. So, You're. Uh, I mean, you're coming through. You sound down. okay. Yeah, it's just yeah, you re- just your reception of us. Yeah, if I'm you sure can't our hear us, 57 though. viewers are thrilled to hear this. Yeah, they're having a good old time. Yeah. yeah, this well, this to be fair, this has not happened uh, since in the middle of the yeah, podcast for a while since now. we've been on. Hasn't happened yeah. Google Hangouts. Yeah, yeah. No one's blaming you, Tim. It's okay. I'm blaming you. Okay, it didn't happen <laughs> yesterday when I did a look at all those cardboard boxes I got sitting behind me. What's the deal with that? I, I keep meaning to take. I was going to take those out today, but it's got darn raining out there. You guys, freaking rain. So uh, are we good for the next question? Should we just try it? I think I'm going to check by Tim. I, Tim I'm ready. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'm, Nicholas Lavalle. My body's ready. What would be Godhand's equivalent to Final Fights Street Fighter Two? What? Oh. What, what would be Godhand's equivalent? <laughs> okay, to I, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. Street Fighter Two. So, yeah. so Street Fighter Two is related to Final Fight in the way Godhand is related to what? Right. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Create the game that would have the relationship to Godhand that Street Fighter 2 has to Final Fight. You mean so, invent a game, a really or is weird, it an existing game? That's, that's a really strange relationship. We would have to invent the game, because yes. uh, the, the, the comparison between Street Fighter and Final Fight is that Final Fight came out after, and does mm-hmm. way less, and then... Street Fighter wound up borrowing some of the characters from No, it that's not later. true. That's not true. Street Fighter 1, the, the order was Street Fighter 1, and then Final Fight was actually supposed to be Street Fighter 2, but they changed the name, and then Street mm-hmm. Fighter 2 came out after that. Uh, right. And they do exist in the same universe, I think. Yeah, they do. Um, they do. They so do have the characters. Street out. Fighter would have been a better name for Final Fight than... Uh, yep. Yes. I think Final Fight would be a great name for the Street Fighter series. Yeah, yeah they, got, they got their names switched up. So Final Fight yeah, they, did sure. come like out before Street Fighter 2. Yes, correct. Um, okay. So so if if God Hand... It, I mean, we're going fi- to spend all six minutes figuring out the question, I think. But yeah. <laughs> okay. if, God Hand okay. is, if God Hand is Final Fight, we're coming up with the follow-up to God Hand that's in a completely different genre that's yes. sort of in the same universe. Exactly. But still uses somewhat similar mechanics of punching and kicking. And You've jump got kicking. the question totally clear. 
And it is a competitive yeah, really game. It would, a, question, it would be a one-on-one fighting game. Yeah, I right. like this question for how we... Yeah, it would be a fighting game. <laughs> I, so I, I, hope... have, uh, <laughs> I have hypothetically designed uh, what I think would be a really great... I think God Hand is already suitable to a two-player mode. Like, if there were a two-player one-on-one mode for God Hand, it would be fantastic. It would just well, be... I'm, they, they tried to, they've tried to do a whole bunch of these kinds of martial arts fighting MMO things, and I feel like if you did one of those very well with very specific mechanics that forced you to use a controller, then maybe that could be something of that nature. Was God Hand in the universe of anything by Namco? Is that wasn't it a Namco game? It was, no, it was uh, Capcom. Capcom. You don't know Capcom. what okay. who made God Hand? I'm sorry, Tim. I know how God Hand is for you. God Hand is the best. <laughs> Come on over and play it. I got it over God here. God Hand is in the same universe as Pac-Man, as the presence of fruit the size of you is there in both that, games. That's true. Go. Okay, that's so true. so if it's the follow-up to Pac-Man. Right. Then the Street Fighter Two uh, analog would be a sequel to Pac-Man. I guess not really. No, let's let's <laughs> abandon that joke and okay. move on to another joke. <laughs> I think um, that uh, it, in, it like whatever it would be, it would have to be far more successful, far more ubiquitously famous, mm-hmm. right? So I'm imagining there's that Anarchy Reigns game by Platinum that uh, is sort of an online melee. Like nobody's tackled the uh, the online 3D fighting game. Hey, that is you know, like, like FPS version, like the the punching version of an FPS. Nobody's so done that. Someone has actually kind of done that. I, I mean, so it know, sucks. Does it suck? There are those there are those games that are like. Chronicles of Riddick and stuff that are trying to do punching FPS, whatever. And there's that there's that game by that Aces team as well, which is really weird. But there's a game called Chivalry for oh, I've heard of that for the PC that is a massively multiplayer kind of gladiator oh, I, I, game. Brandon, where you're chopping I heard that off, game was dead. Ha! Uh, where you're chopping off arms oh. and 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 people's heads and stuff, and it's not. It's not as it's almost like a multi massively multiplayer bushido blade mm-hmm. because you you your your attacks do serious damage to people and they chop off arms and and heads and your head is in your camera so if your head gets chopped off your camera will roll around which is kind of fantastic <laughs> but um I'd say chivalry is the closest that we've got now except it doesn't have the it doesn't have the amazingly specific Tight mechanics. It doesn't have that otherworldliness of God Hand, but something like that, where where you could do more crazy combos, would be the thing. But the problem is, if you if you're if you're the powerful God Hand guy, I, I don't know. It's not it's not true. I think you could you could make it so that you could everyone can be super powerful and feel really powerful. But the problem is, when someone like pummels you, it's gonna feel awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. Well, I just, I mean, you solve that by just having Being the better. power displayed uh, through the environments that are just blowing up everywhere as you fight. You know what I mean? So everyone feels equally overpowered because when they punch a guy, like things just explode behind them for no reason. Hmm. I think it would be a no-brainer to make this game. I know that, like, it would just be like, you know, just god darn do it. You know, I feel god like... God darn it, hand. It, 
It got darn hand. hand. It could be called. It could just be called darn hand. That's good I mean, enough. Why do we live in a universe where Dragon Ball Online is a thing and it's not this? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. That's that's stupid. There yeah. should be some sort of god hand that's just like heck yeah, and you play it, mm-hmm. and it's like it, whoa. It almost exists in the Fist of the North Star or JoJo's Bizarre Adventure kind of worlds. So maybe you could get it in that kind of a situation. But those aren't those. Those universes don't have quite the cachet that they used to. What is the mustache finger tattoo of video games? Mustache oh, finger gosh, tattoo. Yeah. That is Oh that, man. That is That's a like despicable the worst thing, thing in the world. Yes. Is that when like somebody has a mustache on their finger and they they put their finger up to their... Does neck. anybody get, like, a permanent mustache finger tattoo? Yes. Or is it just, like... Yeah, that's a real people thing that. people get, and it's awful. So I thought it maybe... was just, like, a super popular uh, temporary tattoo. No, it's I also thought. a popular permanent tattoo, too. How about, that's how about microtransactions? <laughs> I don't Microtransactions could be the... Uh, Elaborate. You know, it's, it's not. It's not. It's. It's not really. It's just an, a thing that I find annoying. But um, I. It's. It's got to be something that that people do because they think it's cool. Mm-hmm. But a lot of other oh, people don't think that it's cool. But it can't be something that really makes you money because the mustache tattoo does not do that. So right. I don't what is the? the uh, and it's got to be something that people will no doubt be really embarrassed about in a few years. Yeah. So any modern Sonic game. Hmm. <laughs> how how about uh how about sexy nun murdering in Hitman? That seems like yeah. a pretty good one for the uh, yep. for the old mustache tattoo. So you're saying that people who would get a mustache tattooed on their finger don't actually think it's funny? It's like the no, people they do. who would make a they do think well, it's funny. No, but it's, it's not. In, in like in like a a bacon joke sort of way. It's yeah. just like yeah, I've heard somebody laugh at that before, so I'm gonna say it. Right. Yeah, you know, this Band-Aid looks like bacon. But it's like yeah. the, the psychology inside someone's head when they go, I've seen that tattoo before. I've seen that permanent decision made before. I'm going to do it as well because it's. I think it's... Uh, yeah, it's like a tribal so, decision. It's somebody like, else it's, thinks it's funny. Yeah, it's, like, it's like becoming a furry or something. It's, it's a decision that, that you make psychologically because you want to belong. Um, I know there... That listen, don't send any angry emails to me about that. Send the angry emails to Frank. All right, let's <laughs> okay. move on. Wait, wait, what was that game where it's like it's the top-down pixel shooter that everybody liked for a little while and it was gory? It was just recently. It's like a GTA. Hotline Miami. Hotline Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Hotline Miami like I'm embarrassed one. to say I like that now because I think that game's terrible. What the? Sure, I guess. Don't send any angry emails to me. <laughs> send angry emails to Mike. Mike. So it, it could be it could be something like that, but I I feel like. It would be. It's something it's, you it's do something to be that, cool. Like it's so something the re- you play to be cool. The reason why I said the nun murdering sequence in Hitman is because that is something that was that they thought was cool at the time. That then the larger group of people was like, "That's actually embarrassing." And then it's also something that is stuck with them now. They're known yeah. as the people that did that. So that's but, like, it, if it's tattooed on your finger, you're stuck with it. It's still there, and you're you're branded as a person that has done that. So something like that, I think, is is that's that's why that's my answer. Uh, that's a good wild. answer, but it's it's missing Tim's factor that I think is important here, which is why it's they a, did it. Yeah. Well, so 
why would you like? I think that getting a mustache finger tattoo comes from a slightly different psychological place than becoming a furry. I think it's like I'm going to put this on my finger. I can show it to people. What like? I mean, imagine who would do that. It's like imagine some. Well, it's the kind of person who 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 repeats Futurama references in person. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, well, but I'm, I'm saying if I, I can finish a sentence, it would be cool. Can you guys not? It, you guys not hear there's got to be a lag, Tim. Cut off. I'm talking over you. Oh, okay. Well, it sounds like everybody's talking over me. Mm-mm. I was going to say, just imagine some dude, some bro dude, who gets it on his finger and goes to a bar and goes up to a lady and is like, hey, look at this. I got a mustache. Like somebody who's like somebody's, like a future creepy uncle, I think, right. is the type of person who gets a finger tattoo of a mustache. But I kind of think that it's That's not... I think. I think it's not dudes. I think it's... Women, Ladies. a lot of the time. Yeah, well, a lot no, of the time just, women get the. I'm saying it's finger. it's still the future creepy uncle personality. Right. Gets it. Future creepy uncle is who it is. The so future who's uncle. The future who's creepy gonna... uncle of video games. Like like the <laughs> the, the, the future uncle who uh, who's gonna. Miyamoto is the current creepy uncle of video. For a games. for a bedtime story, he's gonna get out a dollar bill and tell you about the. Uh, the the spider in the corner of the dollar bill. You see that spider? There's a spider in there, and it's like, oh, there is. That's kind of interesting. That's that's. And then, I mean, one of my uncles has the words "love" and "hate" tattooed on his uh, knuckles. Wow! I'm not even kidding about this guy. So this guy I, used. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say that I think, like, if you're looking at other forms of entertainment, like I think Family Guy is an analog for a mustache finger tattoo. Like it's, yes. it's something that's actually not funny. But like it's one of those things that a certain kind of person points at and goes, I understand that that is what people find funny, so I'm going to attach I, myself to that now. I've seen people liking that. Now I'm going to pretend I like it, even though I yeah. don't know much about so it. So I think that's the actual analog, and I don't know what the video game equivalent of that would I, be. I, I, I would like you to tell me why the example of the nun killing thing is not that, because those guys did it because they like Quentin Tarantino, that's and why they, the developers did it, but like, uh, oh, who, I guess we're saying developers, not players. That's that's okay. what I'm saying. I'm uh, saying that yeah, they're the developers that. choosing yeah. to yeah. creatively choosing to put that in the game. Is I was a thinking sign of, of the psychology that would want to get a joke tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's I, I what was, I'm saying. Sure, I agree with that. I was thinking more in terms of what do people play. That's the equivalent of. I guess there's right. no there's no commitment you make as a player that. Yeah. Uh, equals the commitment the developer makes when they... I'd like to congratulate everyone involved on going the whole six minutes without ever mentioning the H word. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, good job, guys. Mike, you worked on quite a few classic Sega and Capcom compilations. If you could only play games by one of those two studios for the rest of your life, which would it be? Sega or Capcom? Yeah, Sega or Capcom. Dang it. That's a damn... That's a good question. Man. Capcom's got God Hand, but Sega's got Outrun too. That's yeah. right. Oh man, so that's a choice. that is harsh. Those are like my two favorite companies. So how do you pick? It's like picking between my kids, right? Right. Uh, Got to write a list. Okay, fine. Which of your children? that's easier in that context then. Uh, <laughs> you should probably... raise your children that one of them can only play Sega games and one of them can only play Capcom. <laughs> No, man, that would only work for identical twins. You'd have to have identical 
<laughs> Keep them away from each other. You can never know that the other company exists. <laughs> What's Sonic? <laughs> yeah. What is this thing? Yeah, you know, I'd have to. As much as I, wow, I, I, I instinctively was going to say Sega just because of the sheer volume of games. Yeah. But then, like Capcom, I probably invested more time per game, and mm-hmm. which is like Street Fighter Two. I just invested so much time in that, and it's more social to me. Like Capcom has more social games mm-hmm. for me, so I, I uh, I'd have to say Capcom probably. Get that Smurfs game. You also have to think about what the companies are doing now if you ever want to play games in the future. Uh, it would have to be by those two companies. Now you're talking about, like, you know, <laughs> I'd, I'd, almost by sheer survival instincts, it'd be like Capcom, probably. Yeah, Capcom, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess Capcom, because, you know, what's going on? Well, I mean, think about games made up until now. If you were only able to play games made up until now by one right. of those two companies, who would it be? I would go Sega for the for the for the breadth of the catalog. I mean, when yeah. you go back to when they were just pumping infinite amounts of games out, there's so there's much to choose from. Yeah. That I would I, I just got to go for volume over I got to go for quantity over quality. It's it's definitely Sega for me. Uh, the librarian. Especially if we've got if we take into account things that they've published, which might be unfair, but Sega, Sega's they they've got that outrun too. They've got the Sonic too. They've got, you know, Jewel Master. They've got a bunch of weird crap that I enjoy. And as as much as Street Fighter and God Hand and Final Fight and stuff are great, I think Sega has a. They've got a. They do have, as Frank said, a wider catalog. And I I think their their kind of flawed weirdness appeals to me a little bit more. You've yeah, completely I, won me over with that description because, I mean, Sega's volume is incredible. I, I've played so much like Pango and Congo Bongo even back in the old arcade days. Oh, wow. Like, that stuff trumps Capcom, ultimately. Yeah. Flipping it over. Yep. I think it's got to be Sega. I mean, Sega's got more, like, you know, longish adventure-y games, which is more what I'm into than, than Capcom does. I mean, so. in this scenario, the fact that they do what Nintendo't doesn't even factor in, because well, no, no matter yeah. what you pick, Nintendo's out of, the, out of the equation. Yep. Um, and, you know, you got you got Shining Force in there. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. You got some, some alright puzzle Shining games, like Column. Landstalker. Um, Landstalker right. is in there. I, if if I had to play... Uh, any RPGs I'd rather play uh, Landstalker than even any of the Breath of Fire games, which I like all of. Yeah. So yeah. you're giving up Final Fight, but you're getting three Streets of Rage games. Yeah, you're getting Streets right. of Rage. Final yeah. Fight's pretty bad. I mean, let's face it. Yeah, let's I let's agree. put that down right there. Final Fight Three is pretty good. I like Final Fight Three. I think that's it's a, good. It's okay. It's okay. It's I don't know. I mean, ultimately, you're giving up Street Fighter. Really, is what you're doing if you're yeah. Sega. Yeah. Sega has some competitive fighting games, such as uh, I, I, I'd rather play Virtua Fighter Five than Street Fighter. So for me, the answer is definitely Sega, yeah. Sonic, Landstalker, mm-hmm. and uh, Virtua Fighter versus what? What? what Mega Man. Uh, what else do they got? Mega Man. Does Gun, Gunstar Breath of Heroes Fire. count? Is that the Gunstar Heroes? Heroes is Sega. definitely that counts. Sega yeah. published it. Sega published it. Yeah. Yep. Shining Force. I mean, mm-hmm. Sega's definitely the winner. Yeah. I just enjoyed Monster World 4. I'd be Monster World too. 4 is uh, definitely one of the most perfect video games that you can play. I, don't I played that, that a whole bunch. 
I played that a whole darn ton of it. I, I was I was just watching Frank play it, and I have to not agree based on yeah. watching Frank play it. Have you played it? Have you played it yourself, Brandon? No, I have not. But watching him was kind of frustrating with with all the. Was he, Frank a noob? I only watched him in the ice levels, and those looked pretty frustrating. Well, well if you're going to look at an ice level, Brandon, that's not really a good barometer. Well, if it's not a perfect game, it has an ice level. Yeah, I don't know true. that. I, I don't really. What were you dying a lot or what? No, it was ice level was. If if you're not remembering, uh, you had to collect six statues in each yeah. of the three caves, and then figure out the order to place them. And, and uh, I kind of like the experience of uh, of wrestling with the game as you're wrestling. Well, I would I would like to do that once, uh, but the third time around was like, come on, you you've already done this. This is enough. Yeah. I but guess really the, the, the problem with that game, yeah, the problem with that game is that it just uh, it looks and at times feels so much like something that you want to enjoy, and then it has these parts where maybe it's not enjoyable. For me, it was just like, heck yeah, like it was just the whole time was just a bunch of heck yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Landstalker and Shining Force. There's your adventure and uh, RPG games. I like uh, Fantasy Star Four also. Yep. I like Fantasy Star 4 a lot. Not so much Fantasy Star 3. No. Fantasy Star 4 are fantastic. Shining Force fantastic. Breath of Fire is great, but, I mean, it's Sega. Sega. Yep. Sega. Virtual Fighter. I mean, come on. There we go. If Hell is personalized for each of its denizens, what would it be like for game developers? Well, it's hard to put game developers into just one group. I think they're 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 a wide array of people because a a a hell for for this particular game developer over here would be you know people chewing just (laughs) in a in an empty room, just people people chewing with their mouths open. I think you're you're dancing around the question again. You're not, you're not, no, but I'm, I'm saying it's it's not. You can't just say all game developers. Well, think of like, the particular but, type of game developer who okay, would how, end how up in hell for their game development. I th- I think this this question is a platform for uh, what do you call it? Just talking about the most extremely frustrating parts of developing a video game. Yeah, so I was yeah, going to say certification, Microsoft certification, where you have to. You have to do all of these very specific things, like make sure that the game works with the Guitar Hero controller, and and support all these arcane, bizarre things that are not super well documented. Something like that would probably be like having a finished game and not being able to put it out would probably be pretty hellish. Yeah, what I would think I like... it would be one game-breaking bug that just will never be solved. I think we had we had a whole week where Ziggurat was on the App Store. And uh, if you tried to play it on an iPad 3, the screen would be like this big. And then there was just this huge black empty space that you could shoot bullets into. And we had no idea how to fix it. And uh, that was really scary to, uh, to keep getting emails from people about something that you know is broken. And uh, like you just don't, you just can't fix it. Oh, and yeah. the, the solution for fixing it was to build it on a new MacBook Pro, not an old one. <laughs> like, like apparently the MacBook Pro that we were using to build it was was too old and couldn't run the something. And it's just like, I we like I I don't even really remember up until now what it was that was wrong. 
So it was just it was that. And then also now we I keep getting emails about how the leaderboards aren't working and we don't know why the leaderboards aren't working. I have no idea. They're turned on and it says they're working in our thing, but they're just not. Yeah. And then another another nightmare is uh is is checking your bank account every month and it's like here's your twenty dollar check from Apple. It's like, oh thanks. <laughs> you know? And it's like if only we had just knowing that just the thought that manifesting itself, if we had sixteen more games on the app store, we'd one of us would be able to buy groceries with that. You know? <laughs> it's like like having that occur to you uh, six or seven times a day, that's terrifying. Find a way to spread that out for eternity and <laughs> I wanna hear from Mike who has shipped like a million games. A yeah. million games. Well that's the thing, like I've worked a million with games, Mike. Disney, first party, I've worked with like Nintendo, worked with all these people, and I think the easy answer for a lot of developers is like working for one of those guys, but because of how overbearing they can be and tell you like you have to eat like this now and whatever. But that's that's a walk in the park compared to working with people who've got a lot of money who hire you to make a game, but they also are uh, they have they think are all the ideas on how to make that game. Uh. It's horrible when you've got somebody who's got like you by the the nuts because they're funding your game, but they have no idea how to make one. That's the worst position to be in because you're watching money trickle away. They're changing stuff every single day because they just read Gama Sutra, Frank, or whatever. <laughs> and this is the new hot thing that we have to be doing. You we know, just read like, that you as a designer suck a lot. So we need you to stop yeah. sucking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this Garriott guy says you guys all suck. <laughs> but it's like literally in the last like two months, uh, we've had clients who are in the – now I'm actually I shouldn't say much here, but we, you know – people I've worked with in the past, um, they, they read about monetization and they immediately call up and like, we're doing it all wrong. You know, in our, in our fishing game or whatever, we have to be just like this card collecting game and this and that, whatever. And they demand it. And so it, the, the difference that they're asking for is like a $500,000 change or whatever, because all this infrastructure and you're ready to ship mm -hmm. and they're demanding that happen and not pay you because they're not going to approve a milestone or whatever, because we failed to understand that's how monetization works according to Gamma Sutra. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh man. So it's actually Gamma Sutra's fault. So, hell you know, for and, Gamma and Sutra is the new Metacritic. And you know what else is Gamma Sutra's fault is the, uh, you know, you look at the uh, salary survey. Come on. <laughs> Just, just bring it to me. Yeah. Oh, we know. And that is, by the way, game developers' fault. You should be talking to Brandon. Oh yeah, I'm but, sorry. Yeah, Brandon. Uh, I gotta go over there. I don't. I don't. I don't work there anymore. But what's the problem with the seller? But you've server? done. You've done many of those. We have. Yeah. I have. <laughs> Oh, it's just uh, as soon as we know, as soon as the salary survey comes out, that's when we're going to have like everybody walking into the office and going like, you know, asking for I raises. Think, yeah, I think it's time for a raise or whatever. You know, and in a actually... survey that everyone lied on, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it turns well, out. That's the joke. Cause actually, a lot of the guys I've worked with who've participated said they always bumped it up by some amount of money because yeah, they want to do whatever. Frank, by survey that everyone lied on, you mean a survey, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. No, I don't know. Not all surveys, uh, you know, inspire lying, but a survey that could uh, change your salary, yeah, right. you're going to lie on that. Just like I, I lie whenever I apply to a job. I, I bump up my previous salary a little bit. That's what you do. It's human nature. I've never done that. You should try well, it. look it's at really Brandon, great. Mr. Moral. Yep. I guess that's Mr. why I I'm rich. I don't want to monetize this podcast. <laughs> it's true. I do not... 
Oh, was there more you wanted to say, Mike? Because we could do a one-minute extension. We haven't used it yet. Oh, uh, no. You know, it would go on for 20 more minutes if I wanted to go on to my hell as a <laughs> <Okay>. developer. <laughs> but Here's my next me. question. <laughs> next question. Who is NQ. the best video game dad? For the sake of this question... Video game dad? Yeah, for the sake of this question, pretend it's not obviously near. Okay. Um, well... Uh, Octodad's a pretty good one. That's a great dad. <laughs> Octodad is an is an octopus who is trying to masquerade. I mean, as a human and take care of his human family yes. while also being an octopus. And one of the one of the best things that they cut out of that game that they I wish they had kept in there was they were going to give him a a voice box mm-hmm. that he could that ha- certain set phrases oh, had yeah. been recorded on, such as "Good morning." Um, and I agree, and it's four o'clock, and I, I was just imagining spamming the it's four o'clock button for, like, every answer. That's what, that's what good dads do. They just, they just tell you it's four o'clock. They repeat the same stuff. I like, uh... I, I like, I like the, uh, father in the, in the mother games who is never home. Like, I oh think, yeah, I think that's hilarious. Um, he I mean, deposits in... money in your bank account yeah, based yeah, on his... how many enemies you've killed. How does he know? <laughs> his only, his only interaction awesome. with you is to answer the phone and tell you how much money he's put giving you in your allowance, and then like, yeah. and it, and at the end of every conversation, he just hangs up on you. Well, well <laughs> figure a game called Mother to give you an absentee father, right? What, what about uh, what about Pac Man in in that? God darn, Pac-Man two, Slingshot game. Yeah, Pac-Man, Pac-Man two, Pac-Man two. Where, yeah. uh, well, he's he's a pretty good father in that game. Where yeah. it's like, hey, it's uh, our baby needs milk. I need you to go find milk. He's like, okay, mm-hmm. I guess I'll go to this farm where this guy wants to kill me and like get scratched up by an eagle and and have a cow kick me to get the milk. I mean, mm-hmm. it's necessary. You know who's so he actually so, is a good dad in that game. He's a bad husband. A... He's a good dad. Who is uh, the 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 guy in Donkey Kong Country? The old Kong. He's supposed to be the Cranky original Kong. Donkey Kong. Cranky yes. Kong. Yeah. I didn't want to say his name because I didn't think everybody out there would know him. But Cranky <laughs> Kong is uh, sure the they dad. Do. Everyone knows Cranky Kong. I don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. Yeah, I, we're I talking about a central character in Donkey Kong Country. Not everybody has played. Trust me, I've never met a real human through like a normal social experience who had played Donkey Kong Country. That Only game sucks, Only people by the on way. internet forums. Oh, the game is pretty bad. What yeah, about not our listeners? Can't we, he, can't we assume that our listeners have played Donkey Kong Country? I don't know. A lot of them seem to be Sega people. So, Heck yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say that, uh, like... Is he supposed to be? He's supposed to be the original Donkey Kong, and you're yeah. supposed to be Donkey Kong Junior. No, Donkey you're Kong supposed to be Country. Donkey Kong's uh, grandkid, I think. Are you? It's, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's a contentious point of canon. I have looked into this. Uh, of the uh, sources are conflicted. So I think I think he's supposed to be your dad. Let's just say, if he's your dad, I just want to say he's a terrible father because all he does is is hit you with. Uh, terrible British puns in every dialogue, and his he he narrates the instruction manual. So as you're reading the instruction manual, it's it's written in Cranky Kong's voice, and he's just berating you as you're reading it. 
So you probably want to play this stupid game, don't you, you dumb jerk, you stupid <laughs> moron. If you want to jump, press the B button, but you're probably too stupid. You tosser. <laughs> you're going to get hit and you're going to die, probably, because you're dumb. If you pick up a barrel, you get Diddy Kong to help you out, you idiot, because you're going to need help. It's like the whole instruction manual is just really bad insults and British puns that are written in a pseudo-American voice, and it's just really bad, and he comes across as a really bad father. So That's not him. Not him. <laughs> and also not Donkey Kong in Donkey Kong Jr., because he's just... You gotta rescue him, and you're Donkey you know, Kong if you Jr. Rescue he's, him. He's gonna go and cause more trouble. Yeah, he's just gonna be an idiot. He's just gonna get out of prison and climb up to the top of another building and, uh, and start, start throwing, throwing barrels. Stuff. Yeah, he's just gonna be. He's he's a deadbeat. Donkey or, Kong is or a he's deadbeat. Gonna, like, dead. start freeing some bees for no reason. Yeah, like why is he doing that? <laughs> what the heck? He's idiot. just not gonna. He's yeah. he's just. Uh, I think it's safe to say Donkey Kong has a. The, the ape equivalent of a drinking problem. Right. I mean, it. who is Cranky Kong to berate you if he is the original Donkey Kong and did some truly stupid things? He did do some stupid things. Right. And that's what I'm saying. But he Donkey learned Kong from is, them. He didn't learn from them. He learned to sit in a, in a rocking chair, and then every time you talk to him, he just calls you an idiot. But you know what we learned from Donkey Kong? Math. What do we learn from Donkey Kong? We oh did. yeah, we, no, 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 that was was it? It was Donkey, Donkey Kong, Kong Junior. Junior learned the math. Donkey Kong Junior's right. math, yeah. yeah. And from Mario, we learned typing. That's yeah, true. Mario, and we also learned that Mario is missing. Yes. Right. <laughs> and House of the Dead taught us how to type too. Yes. yes. I didn't really get that one so much though. I had already, I was already able to type at that point. I played the Lupin the Third typing game. That was pretty good. Anyway, I think Donkey Kong's I, uh, a can, big dad. can I say something that's uh, totally the worst unrelated? Dad. As what a do we kid, got? I never watched Lupin the Third because I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to follow it uh, after Lupin one and two. Like I'm That's not even joking. Good. I just That's didn't watch great. the show because I didn't want to <laughs> watch it in the middle. Did you Did you not play Donkey Kong three until you played Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Junior? Did I you not play Donkey played, Kong three at all because never you could Donkey never Kong. find Donkey Kong two. Right. Exactly. <laughs> What's the because there is no Donkey Kong two. Right. It's Donkey Kong Junior. What What are some? That's like a good question. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll save like that, that for a future episode. It's like uh, irregular, long after you've forgotten about it. Irregular sequels. Mario so Kart it's time 7. For, it's time for our lightning round. Oh, uh, man, already? The, yeah, already. Time really flies when you're with Mike Micah. Oh, man, when this is over, we get to go to Target. That's oh, Target's so cool. Yeah. Sign some autographs for randos. Yeah, I just uh, looked in my bank account, and I have some money to spend right. at Target. Not it. a whole lot, but so, let's do it. We play this game sometimes called Elevator Pitches, where each oh, of us gets a minute to uh, pitch an idea to a figure in the video game industry. It just so happens that a figure in the video game industry is with us today, That's me. and the three of you will be pitching your ideas to him. And at the end, Mike Micah will pick which of the three ideas he, ha he likes the best. Tim... You're up first. Hey, what is your idea for Mike Micah? What if we've really? already I'm... given Mike a ton of ideas? Well, you're giving him one now on the air. <laughs> Tim, go. Wait, why do I have to go first? Because you won the last week, so you have to I've go, go first. I've gone first on all of... Every time we've ever done Elevator Pitch, I've That's gone not true. first, I've and gone I've first. always lost. 
<laughs> I've always lost. Well, John that's first. my way of keeping it fair. So it's you're not, not always the first question giver. What? Well, you got to give, you, you give us some parameters. It's fine. No, fine. Give us some yeah, parameters. There's got to be some sort of constraint. What yeah. kind how, about, of how about a single screen game? Yes. A single screen game? All right. I can go first if you want. I don't care. Okay, you Brandon. Single, you got a single screener? Brandon, go. I haven't actually thought about it. I just volunteered to go first. <laughs> well, here you go. <laughs> All right. This is a, uh, a, a single screen game where you, uh, you alternately are platforming and shooting in the same kind of uh, scenario. So with your, you've got two joysticks, and you have um, kind of tank movement controls, and you're also shooting in the direction that you're moving, but if you jump up, you will shoot up. So you've got kind of like a, a structure that you're traversing and, um, and, and cute little characters that you're destroying, but it is a, it is a twin stick tank, uh, tank control kind of platforming shooting game. That's Great. It. Frank, okay. go. Uh, Mike, I've got exactly two words for you, and then I'm just going to end it right there. Extreme curling. Is that really it? Yeah, I'd play that. Yeah, Yeah, sounds good. Ridiculous curling, you would have been a little notch up. (laughs) All right. Oh, there you go. Ridiculous. It's got to be ridiculous. All right, so uh, I want to make a game. It's uh, pretty cool. I want to make just a really cool game. And you can shoot and jump. Tell me it'll be on uh, mobile. And it's curling. It'll it'll be on mobile, and it'll use... uh, uh, some controls like this. You kind of do this with it to jump, and it's monetized. Oh, it's monetized. Whoa. No. Yeah, it's got wow. monetization. Is I it, want to make it a... Brandon out. I want to make like a... Yeah, gambling monetized. <laughs> I want to make a game where you're going... Re- you go really fast, and you swipe on the thing, and you tilt, and mm-hmm. uh, every once in a while, some money has to be paid <laughs> to keep playing it. <laughs> <laughs> you did it, Tim. You did it. Yay! It's a good thing you went third. You really used. I was, I was reading my email during uh, the... Okay, that's important. That's good. It's good yeah. that you did that instead of the podcast. I sure do have a lot of uh, stuff in my email. <laughs> now, Mike, Micah, which of those three ideas did you like the best? Probably mine. Uh, that's, that's pretty tough because, you know, Brandon's, I, what I really like about it, I like the twin stick thing. I like the mm-hmm. idea that maybe you could even go further, and when you jump and you shoot down, you get to jump higher. And if you jump up and shoot up, you you go down quicker, that kind of Ooh. stuff. That's pretty cool. That just, like, that was my own little add to it. Um, yeah. Frank's two words, like, I, you know, if, if curling was a little more ridiculous, mm-hmm. I might be a little more excited. That's uh, but, you know, it's still curling, though, and that that's an underserved audience that I'm sure is in the millions. Sure. Um, curling is a great curling game in uh, WarioWare. It's it, curling is actually pretty cool. Now, if it was ridiculous, like after you throw the stone and it stops, and you just pull out a shotgun and maybe shoot people in the audience or something, might be one way to go. And then Tim's like uh, he had me at monetization, so I think I'm just gonna have to go with Tim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> there you go. And also, there's shooting and monetization, and 
and there was a swiping to move and yes. tilt. I mean, it had everything, really. It's like if you're going across a checklist, it just had everything. I've actually got in my head um, one of one of the game ideas that me and my bros keep kicking around is a curling-esque game that is single screen where you're pushing a thing and trying to get it to land on something in as few Facts. strokes as possible. And it's uh, so... I don't want to talk too much about that because it's so great. It's uh, I, to give you a little quick fact. I've probably pitched curling as a game about ten times in my career. Oh, <laughs> oh, is the, and Frank knew that, of course. So I, Frank I, was operating on. I, the might, I might have subconsciously known that, but no, I don't <laughs> actually know that. All right, this has been the Insert Credit Podcast, of course. I hope you're listening to us live because after the show, we're going to have a twenty-minute Q and A. Mike, you can stick around or leave for that. Your call. Uh, Mutant League curling, somebody said. That's pretty good. Sure. That's a great idea. <laughs> you How about can... this? Mutant League football, too. That's my pitch. How's that? <laughs> you, can send us, you can send us your questions to podcast at insertcredit.com, and you can follow when we release new episodes and uh, have updates for the community at facebook.com slash icpodcast. You can reach us on Twitter. I'm at Alex Jaffe. Brandon's at Necrosofty, Frank's at Frank Cifaldi. Mike, what's your Twitter? Mike J. Micah. That's right. And Tim's is number is number one zero eight. So it's one zero eight, really. One zero eight. Yes. Zero eight. That is number true. one Thanks. zero eight. If you Thanks. put in an actual letter O, you're not going to get the right person. Correct. Yeah, you'll get. It's really scary what happens. <laughs> yeah, don't do not do it if uh, it's late at night and you want to go to bed. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. I'm Alex Jaffe. Oh, right. I'm Frank Spalli. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. I'm Mike Micah. And this is podcasting. Yeah. Podcast over, yeah!